0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Hey, welcome back. It's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEM. We're watching the, um, the Mets National Spring Training Game here in the studio. And I don't know if there's uh, if they got a big gust of wind, but the camera just started going crazy the last at-bat. Um, so much so, where my reaction, Josh was like, what are you watching? I have to see what this is. Um, but uh, it, it's fine now. I don't know if it was like a big gust of wind or whatever, but as I said yesterday... You know, a lot of people go, oh, why would you watch it? The games don't mean anything. Well, number one, I like to see who the Mets have in their prospects. But number two, it's just so fun to see these baseball players, you know, down in Florida having fun. And it reminds you that baseball's right around the corner. You got the World Baseball Classic starting this week. Uh, very excited for that. But here in Buffalo, not so much baseball weather. Uh, we are keeping our eyes on the skies for uh, another incoming winter event. And to break it all down, we have John Hitchcock from the National Weather Service. John, uh, what should we be expecting in the next couple of hours?
2: Yeah, good afternoon. The uh, leading edge of the snow is just starting to move into the southern tier now, so right along the Pennsylvania State Line, and that will spread northward over the next few hours. So we expect wet snow and rain mixed to arrive in Buffalo uh, probably around 5 o'clock or so. Uh, so in time for the evening commute, the temperatures are pretty warm right now. We're 40 degrees at the Buffalo Airport as this is moving in. So the first hour or two to the start, the roads will just stay wet, I think. It won't be till a little bit later this evening, maybe by 7 or so, uh, that the temperatures drop to near freezing and allow snow to begin to stick to the pavement. So for the evening commute, most of it, we should be in pretty decent shape. Uh, but deteriorating travel as we go through the evening.
1: Is that for all of western New York, John, that the, the road should be clear of snow throughout uh, rush hour?
2: Yeah, the only exception would be in the southern tier where the snow is arriving a little bit earlier. Uh, it's going to start to snow there soon, and temperatures a little cooler in the higher terrain. So if you live well south of Buffalo in the higher terrain of the southern tier, you might have some slick travel on the way home. Uh, but for the metro area and points northward, should be okay through at least five or six. Now, I'm
1: looking at the radar now, and as you said, it's warm outside. Uh, the front of this thing has snow in it, and then you see the rain. By the time, say you're in Buffalo, you're in Amherst, by the time the storm gets here, will it all be snow, or will we see some of that mixed precipitation?
2: Yeah, I think on the leading edge, it'll probably be a rain-snow mix or even rain at the start. Uh, but once rain starts falling and through the atmosphere, it'll tend to cool it enough to change it over to all snow uh, pretty quickly, probably within... The first hour or so that begins, we'll go over to all wet snow. And it should stay wet snow through the evening. Then we might mix back with rain again overnight and then go back to snow tomorrow. We're we'll going to be hovering right around freezing through this event. So that's what makes it tricky in terms of how much snow we're going to see.
1: Uh, speaking of tomorrow morning, so we know t- tonight the, the drive home, we'll, just, we'll have some, some rain, some snow, but uh, it won't hit until later when it's that snow sticking to the ground. When we wake up tomorrow morning, John, what are we going to be seeing and what can we expect?
2: Yeah, by tomorrow morning, we're going to be back over to all snow, but it will be starting to diminish. So I think we'll just have areas of light snow around tomorrow morning, and they'll taper off in the afternoon. Uh, probably still some slick and slushy spots tomorrow morning, but driving should improve by late morning and should be fine through the afternoon.
1: Now, John, I I, I hate to ask this question, but we, we've seen it in Buffalo weather for, you know, as long as I can remember. Is there any chance of this storm, anything to change with this storm in the next few hours, or are we pretty much set on uh, what you said
2: yeah i mean this is a tough one because the temperatures are going to hover right around the freezing mark through the entire event so exactly how much snow is able to stick to the ground is a very very tough call on this one you know it could be as little as just an inch or two if we stay on the warm side uh, but we could get six inches or more especially north of buffalo if it does in fact drop to 32 or 31.
1: all right and john for the rest of the weekend you, you said saturday how are we looking on sunday
2: yes yeah, sunday looks pretty good uh it looks Mainly dry, maybe just a few light snow showers around, and fairly mild. We'll be in the upper 30s or close to 40 for a high on Sunday.
1: Hey, like to hear it. John, uh, thank you for always being there. And uh, when it starts falling, you might get a call from us again.
2: Okay, you're welcome. Have a good day.
1: That is John Hitchcock from the National Weather Service, always available um, when we give him a call, and we appreciate that. Uh, John was also on with us a lot. During the blizzard in December, so uh, our thanks to John and all of them, all of the meteorologists over at the National Weather Service for um, always being there to keep us updated as uh, we get close to the storm arriving. You heard John uh, arriving right around five o'clock, right when most people get on the road to uh, head home for the weekend. The good news is, as John said, that it doesn't seem like it's going to stick until later. So maybe it won't be as uh, treacherous of a drive home as uh, we had been expecting. But again, uh, that drive home for some of you starts in 15 minutes. uh, And Alan Harris will be there uh, with his first update in about 15 minutes to uh, get you home for the weekend. I've got an event downtown uh, this evening, so I'm hoping that – it stays all right so I can uh, get there after the show. Going to a comedy show tonight at, uh, at Helium. It was, um, uh, I'm excited. I love stand up comedy. I- I've talked about it here on-, on the show. Now, this is someone I'm not too familiar with. It's uh, my brother in law's a fan. Uh, so we're all going uh, to this show tonight. But I love stand up comedy. I've talked about it before, you know. And unfortunately, I don't want to say there's not as many good stand-up comedians. There's, there's a lot of great stand-up comedians. I'm going to leave it at that. But, you know, you've got Jerry, Seinf- Jerry Seinfeld, still funny, still touring. Um, Mark Normand, probably one of my favorite stand-up com- com- comics right now. Jim Norton, my favorite stand-up comedian of all time. Right? I mean, Jim Norton is in Cleveland in April. And I asked my wife. Like, Jim Norton's in, a- in Cleveland A month before my child's born. And I asked my wife if I could go see Jim Norton in April. And she said, yeah, of course, go. So I will go three hours to see Jim Norton. Last time he was in Buffalo was the day of my wedding. So I was not able to see him when he was last in Buffalo. Uh, But I definitely want to go see him. He is an all-time favorite. There was one year I was in Vegas for my buddy's bachelor party. And Jim Norton did a show. Okay? And it was... A late night, right? A late night show. I believe. I don't want to say. I don't know exactly where it was. Um, it was on the Strip. And during the day, we had gotten one of those cabanas at a uh, pool club, a day club, as they call it. And you know, people were having a few adult beverages. You know, I mean, to the point where most people didn't make it out at night. And I'm going to be honest with you because that's what I do. There's a chance at a bachelor party, you know, weekend in Vegas, that would have been me. But knowing that I was going to be able to go see Jim Norton that night in Vegas, I uh, I controlled myself. I, th- I thought I was pretty proud of myself. And it's funny, about three of us made it to dinner that night and then to the comedy show. But I had done that because he originally wasn't taking that tour to Buffalo. And then he adds Buffalo like a week later. So I go and see the same show. Now, yes, a lot of it was the same jokes and everything. But for the most part, it was still hilarious, and it was just great to see uh, Jimmy Norton, uh, and I'll be excited to see him in a a few months. Adam Sandler's coming here. Now, he does a little bit of everything, uh, but he's making that show up. We told you about that yesterday. Uh, I love stand-up comedy, and if someone suggests a stand-up comedian, um, I will go check them out. Now, if you suggest a stand-up comedian, and I don't laugh during the show, I'm probably not going to listen to your next suggestion. Um, but if you suggest someone and I think they're absolutely hilarious, I'm gonna okay, who else who's next? You know what I mean? But you know you, you've got your Mark Normans, your Dan Soders, Joe List. Uh, I find really funny. Uh, I, I mentioned Jim Norton. Um, Jim Florentine, hilarious saw him right before the pandemic. Uh, so yeah, I love stand-up comedy and um, excited to go down and um, see the show this evening. So I'm hoping the weather, doesn't get too ridiculous. It's funny. I mentioned stand-up comedians and people are starting to uh, text in their favorite stand-up comedians. Maybe we'll do that as a topic later in the show. You know I like to uh, do stuff like that. Give me a suggestion of a stand-up comedian. But I want to get back to the uh, to the Murdaugh trial. Um, hold on one second. I apologize. So... Back to the Murdoch trial, because we played audio from what happened yesterday. We played audio from the juror. Now, today was the sentencing, and I talked about the speech that the judge had given, right? A- and the judge went pretty—gave a really good speech. You can tell he had um, he had planned this out, but uh, Clifton Newman gave a speech, again gave Alex Murdoch plenty of chances to explain himself, to apologize— he did not. He kept saying he was innocent. And as Tony said uh, before the break, he, he is going to appeal, right? And, and there are there are people on the text board. Um, I, I got a few texts from family members who said, you know, the evidence, they don't feel the evidence was there. And, and I don't disagree with people who say, you know, there were no weapons, this and that. However, and, and I think you'll find that with jur- with jurors. But I'm going to go back to... You might have a point, but lying about being at the, at the crime scene and then factor all this stuff in, it's tough to undo that. It's tough to undo that. Here's what Judge uh, Clifton Newman said at the sentencing today. I thought it was a really uh, interesting point that he made to Alex Muriel.
2: I respect this court, but I'm innocent. I would never, under any circumstances, hurt my wife Maggie, and I would never, under any circumstances...
3: Hurt my son, Paul Paul. And it might not have been you. It it might have been... uh, The monster you
1: become. Talking about with his addiction to opioids, you know, the judge went on to say taking 40, 50 opioids. And, you know, yeah, maybe it's not the person that you are standing here today. But... You know, it's the as he said, the monster you became. I thought that was a really interesting point um, that the judge made uh, before the sentencing today. So that kind of closes the book on the Murdaugh trial, and it is interesting. You know, you'll you'll hear people who talk about. Um, I wasn't really paying attention until I heard something on the radio or I saw something in the news, and it really did start taking over. When Alex Murdoch took the stand, it really did start taking over um, people's attention because, you know, we talk about this all the time, right? But cable news at night has become political commentary. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Again, I I, I wish it was a little less divisive. um, But... Cable news at night has become political commentary. And, and guess what? I mean, we've all watched it, right? I'm, I've am i probably watched all three cable news networks at some point at night. I, I do watch Tucker Carlson. Um, but it's amazing that those shows that are mostly political, yes, even Anderson Cooper, they're all quite political at night. But even those shows were taken over talking about the Murdoch trial. I mean, last night, Jesse Waters' complete program was about the Murdaugh trial because that's when the verdict came, and then he had Judge Janine on. Um, and, and you saw that with these night shows, and it's like the one time that we're not talking politics. You know what I mean? We're, we're talking something else, and all three networks are actually talking about the same thing, which is also rare when it comes to cable news. Um, so I thought that was an interesting thing, too, and that really does illustrate how many people were paying attention toward the end. I think a lot of people jumped onto this case when he took the stand. I think that really got a lot of people's attention. Um, but now the book's close on it. Again, an appeal. Uh, I'm sure if there's an appeal, we'll be following it. I'm sure it'll be on court TV. Um, but you heard the judge saying, and I thought this was interesting too, kind of getting the inside look of a courtroom um, and, and what, you know, actually happens compared to, you know, like a Boston legal. But the judge said, "You know, I'm sure there'll be an appeal," and he kind of made the comment of, "I don't think those appeals will hold." I mean, he 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 pretty much said that in not so many words at the sentencing today. So I thought that was very interesting as well. Um, and he, he said after the the jury found their verdict yesterday, the judge said there was an overwhelming amount of evidence. Again, I think that's debatable. I think it it's overwhelming evidence when you get the confession of a lie right I'm going to go back to that point now you're you're probably sick of me saying that but it's the confession of the lie it's him on tape or on videos at a place he said he wasn't that is when then everything else I think is harder evidence but that's just me looking at it but hey this case is over um you know it's been interesting to follow right but let's not forget that, I mean, we are talking about a tragedy. We are talking about two people taken off this earth way too young. And we are talking about a family that is shattered now, right? You've got the son who's still, you know, still with us, the the surviving son. His father's in prison. His mother and brother are deceased. Um, so you, you've got a family that's shattered. You've got two people that... Are dead. Uh, so yeah, it's been interesting to follow, but at the end of the day, it really is a tragedy, and it's 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 sad. And like I said, most of us can never even think of pulling a gun and killing two people, especially two people uh, that we love. You know, it's it's um it's really sad, but uh, it's definitely taken our attention over the last few um, last few weeks. All right. When we come back, now you heard John Hitchcock talk about the snow. And like I said, we're going to keep that uh, at the forefront here. If we have to break what we're talking about, then we will break what we're talking about and go to uh, snow coverage. And if you have any traffic notes, if you can safely text those traffic notes in, please do so at 803-0930. Alan uh, appreciates the help. uh, He thanks you already for that. But again, make sure you can safely text those traffic notes in. All right, when we come back, I want to talk about something else, um, something that I think goes through everyone's mind. Now, I'm going to break this into two different things, okay? Howard Simon retired. Today was his last day. We love Howard. I, um, I, I said this last week, and I'll say it again. Howard Simon is a guy that I grew up listening to my entire life. You know, in Hornell, we had Empire Sports Network, so I knew of Howard Simon, and when I when I moved here, we had Fan TV. Uh, then Howard uh, went to 107.7, which was also part of Empire, and uh, he was on WNSA. I loved WNSA back in the day. No offense to WGR. Um, I loved WNSA back in the day. I would listen to Howard Simon. They would call it the Simon Cast. There would be the video on Empire, the radio show on the radio. I really. Loved watching that because, I, like I said, I've always been obsessed with radio. So if I could watch a radio show actually be hosted and the components of a radio show on my TV, well, then I'm going to watch that. And I, I, I always appreciated uh, that. I've always loved uh, listening to talk radio, be it news talk or sports talk. And then I got to work with Howard here at uh, at Odyssey. And, you know, not only is Howard a great broadcaster, a pleasure to listen to, you know, I mean, for so many years, he was the face of sports talk in Buffalo, but he's also one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And um, I always appreciated our conversations early in the morning, even if it was him making fun of uh, Virginia Tech losing the Liberty, Uh, always appreciated our conversations and I, 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 Congrats on the retirement, Howard, but we're definitely going to miss you here at Odyssey every uh, early morning. So, when we come back, I not only want to talk about retirement when you plan to no longer work, right? When you say, This is the age, I'm going to retire, I'm going to enjoy my life. What about when you walk into work or you walk away from a job? unplanned when you get a note saying we're downsizing or they put a banner outside your employer saying going out of business. We're going to talk about that as well. Retiring and your job being eliminated. That and much more. It's Beamer in for Bowerly on
0: WBEN.
1: Never
0: get lonely. I got these goals to keep me company. I took the rear off, so forward, Hey, so welcome I'll back.
1: It's Beamer not in for Bowerly fast. here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, uh, so talked about the Murdoch trial. Um today, so that was the first 90 minutes of the show. Uh now I want to talk about retirement, but not just retirement. How about When you're forced to find a new job. Two completely different aspects of job hunting. Uh, Howard Simon retired today, as we talked about before the break. And, um, you know, he is going to now uh, enjoy his post-work life. Um, And, you know, we uh, I'm not going to say we all. Many of us dream of that day, right? That we can hang it up, that we can retire. Uh, Now personally and I'm not just saying this because I know my boss is listening personally, I love working, right I mean, I have never felt that way about any other job uh, but I love working I love showing up to work I like the people I work with uh, I like to talk I like to be on the on the air I, I'm living out a dream. so coming to work for me is pretty easy and you know if I had to work until uh, the day I die, then I'll work to the day I die like uh, retirement's not something I think about regularly and I don't think you should be at 34 years old, um, but a lot of people they think about it. They have a date set, you know. They want to retire early. They save some extra money, uh, or maybe they want to retire from their main job and do just a little extra part-time job to get themselves a little extra money on top of what they've saved and their social security. So, when talking retirement at eight oh three oh nine thirty star nine thirty. I want to know from you, do you have a certain age when it comes to retirement? Have you planned out exactly when you're going to retire and how you're going to retire? Did you have a retirement age picked out and then something happened, maybe with the economy, maybe with your personal financial situation, and you had to work longer, you have to work longer, Right? Maybe you're in your 50s and you're like, hey, this, you know, 64, I'm retiring. But now something's already happened and you're gonna have to push that date back. 8030930 star 930. What is your perfect retirement age? What is the perfect retirement age? And once you're retired, what are you gonna do? Because I hear so many people tell me. Uh, I can't wait to retire and just sleep in, do nothing all day. Like, that sounds absolutely awful, right? Having nothing to do all day. Now, don't get me wrong. Sleeping in sounds great. I mean, I, when, when Tim Wenger texts uh, text me that I'm filling in for Bel, uh, Bellavia or Bowerly, believe me, I'm excited not to just sit in this chair. I'm excited to be able to sleep in. So I can completely understand the sleeping in part. But, like, when you think of retirement, don't you think of activities? Don't you think of stuff to do? You know, I just, I can't imagine, I'm going to retire and sit around and do nothing all day. I mean, that just sounds awful. I need something to do. And I'm going to imagine in 31 years, if I retire, which I probably won't, but if I retire... I'm going to imagine that I'm still going to want something to do, something to look forward to, right? I mean, I'm sure once or twice a week you meet up with friends. Maybe you do some uh, breakfast because there's not that many people out for breakfast, right? Maybe there's something like that. But when you think of retirement, what will your average day retired look like? 803-0930, star 930. You know, I know people who are retired, and let me tell you, I think they're busier now than before they uh, retired. Um, so I want to know that, 803, when we're talking about retiring. But then I want to look at the other side of it and being forced out of work. Okay, because I have, and I told my boss this, I think regularly over the last few weeks, and you know where I'm going with this, and I apologize for repeating myself, But for the last few weeks, the last few months, I've regularly had these thoughts of, what if? You know, what if when a position opened back up at WBEN, I didn't reach out to my boss? What if I didn't send that email to to Tim? I would most likely still be at Bed Bath & Beyond, and the store I was at, depending on what time in my life, would either already be out of business or be going out of business. And I would be forced into looking for another job. So I want to hear from people in the audience who have been put in that situation. You know, they they had no plan to look for another job. Maybe it was a job you were going to ride until retirement. It was your career. It was exactly what you wanted. And then the business went under or they downsized. And maybe you're 59 and you were six years away from retirement and now you've got to go find a job to bridge you to that retirement. Or maybe you're in your 30s and you were really starting to build yourself up in this business, in this company, in your career path. And the company folded or the company said we're not, that position's no longer going to be something we offer. Talk about that experience and what that job hunt is like when you weren't even expecting to be on the job hunt, to be on the path, to be looking for a new job. You know, I I, I always think back to a story a buddy of mine told me. Uh, walking through Circuit City, the morning they found out they were going to close all their stores. And the looks on the employees' faces as he's walking up to the cash register to purchase a CD. And, you know, he, had ju- he had ju- the person that was cashing him out had just found out, hey, guess what? You're without a job in three months when the store closes. I think of that now when I drive by Party City down the street. That location's going out of business. And again, some of these places used to have A system where if you were, you know, if the one store closed, they would send you to another. But a lot of these businesses that are facing bankruptcy or have already filed for bankruptcy, they've gotten rid of plans like that because, well, the jobs just aren't there anymore. You know what I mean? So what is that experience like? And I can't imagine. Hopefully I'll never have to experience it. This is my on-air plea uh, to, to the people who control my, uh, my employment. Hopefully, I'll never have to experience walking into work one day and having to pack up my things and leave. Because I cannot imagine, because so many emotions have to be going on in your head. It's not only, hey, go find a new job. But if you're like me, you know, I'm doing something I, I absolutely love doing. Something that I pretended to do ever since I was five years old. I, pre- I was pretending to be on the radio. This was, an, uh, this was an absolute goal of mine. The emotion of that no longer being there and now having to go find a new job. Having to actually, oh wow, okay, I'm, I I'm making no money now. I have to go find a job. I cannot imagine what that's like. And like I said, that's why I've always kept a second job something that will be easy to fall back on if that day ever comes. I'm hoping it doesn't. Believe me. It's the last thing I want. But I want to hear from you at eight oh three oh nine thirty, 930 star 930. Your experience of being forced out of a job. The experience of of the business closing. The business downsizing. The emotions that go with that and what that job hunt looks like. Now I've got some other factors I want to throw in there. And things I've heard from friends of mine. I'm going to throw a whole other thing into this topic at 4 o'clock. But I'd like to get to some of your calls at 803-0930-STAR-930. We'll start in Dunkirk where Nancy is. Nancy, tell me about your uh, experience.
3: Um, just recently, um, and I've been on, been on disability before. And just ended up crawling out of a lot of stuff many months ago, and now um, all of a sudden my spine is gone. Um, I do work a job in a group home for an agency, and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to hold on to this job because I'm not doing everything that I used to do. And I'm on light duty, and reality has set in that I'm going to be out of a job. I'm not going to be able to do this job anymore. And I'm having a very, very, very intricate surgery at Cleveland Clinic with my spine. They are going to redo the entire spine that has now loose screws, loose cages, and... um, The doctors that were doing this, that did this in 2013, I had two opinions from other neurosurgeons, and they said, your spine is a total, complete mess, and we want you to see the best spine surgeon at Cleveland Clinic. Cleveland Clinic is number one, and we want to send you there. Don't don't go back where you did before. This guy is amazing. He puts spines back together where people oh. can actually move and walk again.
1: So, Nancy, uh-huh. after, after that, would you be back looking for a job, or what? what's your plan once uh, you have the procedure in Cleveland?
3: Um, I, my plan is, being that everything does come out all right, there's a lot of risk factors, uh, paralysis and uh, stroke issues that could happen. Um, I have to redo my career. Um, I've already started looking into colleges that offer certificate uh, certificates for, like, coding and billing, I'm looking into jobs where I can actually sit and not have to be picking up heavy stuff or dealing with, um, excuse me, um, adults that need um, assistance that requires me to, physically give them assistance. Um, so that's what I'm going to have to actually do, and that's plan A. But while I'm doing that, I'm going to actually see if I can find um, employment within a company that will allow me to do um, regular office work. Um, and a lot of people have told me go to H&R Block. They hire around the year. and various places. Um so that's what I am doing. Um and I'm, maybe I can actually do a customer service position working remote at home.
1: All right. Maybe. Hey Nancy uh yeah, can- best of luck to you. Sorry, we're up against a break. Uh that is Nancy's uh experience and we wish her the best obviously in the procedure. And uh hopefully after that uh she can um Get back to uh, to working. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. Start nine thirty. That is the number to get on the show. Asking you about retirement. What is your retirement plan? Do you have a specific age that you want to hit? Uh, and, and what is your plan once you're retired? We all talk about. Oh, I can't wait to retire. Can't wait to. Reti-. What are you going to do? Like I said, I know um, my father's retired. Let me tell you. My father keeps himself busy all day. He's got stuff to do. I think he's busier now than he was when he was working. Um, so what is your retirement plan once you're retired? Eight oh three oh nine thirty, star 930. And for those of you who have retired, are you loving it? Are you enjoying it? Do you wish you had more to do? Did you retire and then go back to work because you were so bored? Or maybe financial reasons you went back to work? And then the other end of this, you're not anywhere close to being retired, but you lost your job. Business closed. They downsized. What did you do? How did you get back on your feet? And how did that job hunt go? 803-0930, star 930. When we come back, we'll take your calls. I also want to talk about something I have seen before. And again, I don't have the experience, so I'm hoping the audience can help me. But when we come back, I want to talk about when you've lost your job, do you just take any job that's offered to you and work while you're looking to find something that's back in your field? Does that play a part? You know, all right, I'll take less money for now while I look to get a job that's either in the field I want or making the money I was when I was fired. 8030930 Eight oh three oh nine thirty star nine thirty, Beamer in for Bowerly Back after this.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? Over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.